Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little, here today with episode 324 of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you're having a fantastic week. If you're not already, check out my training site, pokercoaching.com. And if you're new to poker, if you know anyone new to poker, I have a free fundamentals course. It'll teach you the absolute basics all the way up to teaching you to be pretty decent. It's completely free. Check it out at pokercoaching.com slash fundamentals. Today, we're going to be going through a 2-2 no-limit hand that took place at Best Bet Jacksonville. Here we have Robert limping under the gun with queen nine of clubs. I'm not sure of the rake structure at Bet Bet Jacksonville, but in games that have a decently high rake, you typically don't want to be limping with anything because let's say you're playing in a game where they take, I don't know, $5 preflop, no matter how much money's in the pot, which does happen at some casinos. Again, I'm not saying that's what happens at Jacksonville. I'm just saying that in general, if the, if the game is raked highly, if you see a flop, you just want to raise or fold every hand. If you're playing a game with time rake or no rake, like a home game, then you can be way more inclined to limp, call raises, etc., because the rake on each individual hand is minimal. But definitely keep that in mind whenever you are playing small stakes cash games. Anyway, Robert does limp, which could be fine, could be terrible, probably fine though. Um, he lumps under the gun. Jamie, under the gun plus two, raises to $13 with ace-queen offsuit, which is perfectly fine. All these players are about $500 deep, so we're playing pretty deep stacked here. Eden decides to call with ace-nine of spades off of a short stack. He has 200 bucks. I say short stack of 100 big blinds. I think ace-nine of spades, an early-ish position he's in, under the gun plus three here, is a little bit too loose. I think you'd rather just fold immediately because if someone yet to act three bets to you, you're obviously going to have to fold. The initial limper, Robert, could be getting tricky, and he may limp re-raise and also make you fold. So like, if you are closing the action with the ace-nine of spades, I mean, sure, you can probably splash around for 13, even though that is even then a little bit high. But I think in this scenario, it's just going to be a fold. He does call, though. On around to Clinton in the big blind for 11 more, he has ace-ten of diamonds. He elects to call, which I think is fine and reasonable. And Robert with... Queen nine suited. When you limp hands like queen nine suited, you're certainly not planning on folding to a raise. You plan on limping and then calling a raise. You limp these hands because you want to see the flop. All right, so we see a four-way pot. Big blind has ace 10. Under the gun has queen nine suited. Actually, under the, big blind has ace 10 suited. Queen nine suited under the gun. Under the gun plus two has ace queen offsuit. Under the gun plus three has ace nine of spades. Flop comes. Jack, nine, four, clubs, diamonds, hearts. And that's going to give Eden ace nine for middle pair and Robert queen nine for middle pair. Those two players have nothing. Tough spot. Uh, whenever you three bet the raise the ace queen over a limp and multiple people call and the board contains big cards, you should usually just give up. The plan is to just check fold with ace queen on jack nine four. Um, queen nine under the gun should definitely check to the preflop aggressor. You don't want to be leading, especially when it's very easy for the preflop aggressor to have a jack or, you know, pocket aces. So definitely check the queen nine. It, once it checks around to Eden though, last to act with ace nine of spades. So he has top or middle pair top kicker. I think you can go either way between checking or betting. If he was first to act, he should definitely be checking. But as he gets later in later and later position and the preflop aggressor has already acted, he should strongly consider betting both for value and protection. If he bets and gets called, he should definitely slow down because it's very easy to be against a jack in this scenario. But lots of other hands have some equity. And if you can bet and make those hands fold out their equity, that's usually a fine result. I mean, we see in this scenario, he actually doesn't even have to worry about uh, king, 
which is fortunate for him. And he doesn't have to worry about random straight cards. Normally he does. In this scenario, he has 65% equity, which is a lot. Usually he's going to have more like, you know, 50 or 40. In which case, you know, if you can bet and pick up the pot when you have 40% equity and you win the whole pot, that's clearly fantastic. So when you are betting in this scenario, typically you want to be betting a little bit on the larger side. Pot's $54. I would go 30 or so. You don't want to bet small because if you bet small, now you're giving all the hands that have any equity at all great a great odds to draw. And if you bet big, like $50, now you're mostly going to get called by good draws and a jack, in which case you're in bad shape when you get called. So usually a bet of like $30 or $35 is fine. He does go $10, though. So now, <laughs> Clinton in the big blind with ace, 10 of diamonds. He has overcard and backdoor straight draw and backdoor flush draw. 10 into what will be 74, I think, after he calls. Um... I think you probably still just need to fold this hand. And the reason is because if you get a 10, it's somewhat unlikely to be good. If you get an ace, it's somewhat unlikely to be good. And even if it, like what's gonna happen is say the turn is an ace and a lot of money goes into the pot, Clinton could still just be beat with his ace 10, right? By ace queen, ace jack, ace nine, etc. cetera. Um, so I don't think that he needs to call here from the big blind. It's just too likely this is not going to play out well for him at all. Um, so I think you, you need to fold even to the small bet. Um, around a Robert with middle pair, backdoor flush draw, definitely call. He doesn't need to raise or anything like that because he has the best hand. Sometimes if he raises, he's mostly going to get called when he's beat. Now, interestingly enough, in this in this exact instance, if he did raise, maybe the ace nine folds, but queen nine suited should be very happy to call a small bet. And the ace queen offsuit, similar to why the ace 10 suited should fold, the ace queen offsuit should also fold, even though... The ace or the queen may be good. Sometimes they're just not. And interestingly enough, we see in this scenario, the ace is bad because he loses to ace nine. And the queen is bad because he loses to queen nine. So the ace queen's actually in horrible shape in this scenario. So I think ace 10 should fold. And I think the ace queen should fold even to this tiny bet. This time though, ace 10 suited does call. Queen nine suited does call. Back around to the initial raiser with ace queen. He pretty quickly calls. And I think now... Even though ace-queen's getting better odds, it should still just fold. And the reason is because he's going to be severely dominated in this instance. I mean, remember, it went bet, call, call. These people all have something. And you're drawing to one pair. One pair, especially when those one pairs often are going to be the kicker of other people's pairs, that they're already a pair, uh, this is not a scenario you want to be in at all. So I think this is a spot where you just have to get out of the way of the ace-queen offsuit. Turn is the disaster queen. Now, all of a sudden, Robert improves to two pair, Jamie improves to top pair, and Eden's ace nine just got way worse. So Clinton checks, he has open-ended straight draw too, don't forget him. Clinton checks his open-ended straight draw on the big blind. Robert's now considering a lead into the flop aggressor. Typically you want to be leading when the turn card is really good for your range, and I suppose this is good for his range. The issue is though that he could easily be beat by king 10 or queen jack or a set, right? So this is a scenario where I think it's relatively safe to bet in a game where your opponents typically play in a passive manner. But if your opponents are going to be raising with some draws, I mean, now there's a backdoor flush draw available. So like if they're going to raise with any heart draw here, this is not a great spot because you really aren't trying to get $500 in with top and, you know, third, top and third pair when you could easily just be crushed. And in multi-way pots, you do have to be concerned that you are going to be crushed. I think I'd probably just check here with the queen nine and see what develops. And if you do check the queen nine and it goes bet raise, you should fold. If it goes bet call, 
mm, you should probably call. Yes, you're going to get outdrawn sometimes, but that's probably going to be the ideal play because while this hand is decently strong, at the end of the day, it's just a decently strong marginal made hand. I don't think this is a hand that you want to find a way to get all of your money in with. So anyway, he decides to bet. Pot was about 100 bucks. He bet 50. When you are going to bet in this scenario, understand you're betting very polarized. You're betting with just your best made hands and your draws in Robert's shoes, which is usually going to be the case when you are leading. And if you are betting your best made hands and your draws only, you typically want to be betting very big because if your opponents do have like, you know, aces, they're not going to fold. So you want to just get more money from those hands. And if your opponents have draws, you want them to fold out their draws. And a $50 bet does not accomplish that. And your opponents are not actually making errors when they call your $50 bet, right? They're playing well because they're getting good pot odds. So if the pot's $100 here, you want to be betting pretty big. You want to be betting 90 or 100 or maybe even more. <laughs> so he does go 50. Jamie with ace-queen now. This is exactly the scenario we talked about. He drills the queen on the turn, but he could still be beat. I think his only option is to call, though. I mean, not a lot he can do. Around to Clinton with the ace-10 for the open-ended straight draw, I think you have to call as well. So now, you don't really want to raise because if you raise here, it's pretty easy for you to be against a set or two pair or a straight, which is not going to fold. But you have to put in 50 to win 250. So you're getting pretty much immediate odds to draw to your king or eight. I understand that if you do get the eight, you could still sporadically be beat by king 10. However, if you get the 10, you have the super nuts and your opponent with a 10 in their hand is gonna be very inclined to pay you off. So if you did get an eight on the river, I would still check if someone bet, I would just call. If you got a 10 on the river, I would check. If someone bets, then you obviously you raise. You may say, but doesn't he have to worry about the hearts coming? So if the king of hearts comes, he still doesn't have the nuts. Yeah, um, that is that is a little bit of a concern, but even then you still have six very clean outs to the point that you're going to be happy enough in this spot that I think you do want to put in the 50, even from out of position, just because you're getting very, very good immediate pot odds. And in those rare chances where you are against King 10 and you drill a King on the river, you're just going to win a ton of chips, right? Not that that happens all that often, but I do think you probably want to peel. Every once in a while, you get an ace on the river and it goes check, 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 and you win. That happens too sometimes. So it's not like you're just completely dead here. Although I don't think the ace is good all that often. We do see in this scenario who actually does have the 19% equity he needs. Not that that matters exactly, but I think against the ranges that play, you probably do want to continue. He folds them. This is a great spot for Robert. He has two pair against the top pair. River is the 10 though. Jack, nine, four, queen, 10. So now any king makes a straight and any eight makes a straight. So now Robert had a pretty good hand on the turn. It just got substantially downgraded to a bluff catcher. And he checks, which I think is fine. It's pretty easy for Jamie to have a king in this scenario. He would definitely call the flop with king, queen, right? He would definitely call with um, king, jack, king, nine, if he had him. Definitely call turn with ace, king, especially if it was like ace, king of hearts. Um, that's certainly reasonable. Maybe he even calls the, the turn with, with any ace, king for 50 bucks. I don't know. They'd be a little bit splashy, but maybe he does. Um, so this is a scenario where Jamie certainly does have some kings, and if he does have some kings, you you certainly need to be checking. Especially also given Robert doesn't have a ton of kings unless he had exactly king 10. And if he did have king 10, he should at least consider checking to give Jamie every opportunity to bluff. So anyway, he checks. I think Jamie has a pretty easy check with this ace-queen. He does sporadically beat some hands like um, queen, like queen, eight, queen, queen blank. I understand that Robert did limp from early position. I don't know Robert's strategy, but some people will limp like queen two and just randomly splash around. He does beat stuff like ace-jack that may decide to bet the turn. Interestingly enough, though, I say, I've said interestingly enough a bunch of times because this is an interesting hand. 
maybe ace queen is is not good enough to just check it because Jamie did lead the turn, right? When he's leading the turn, he either has a heart draw, which, you know, maybe it could be like ace. I guess he can't have the ace of hearts because Jamie has the ace of hearts. If it's king jack of hearts, he has a straight. Like what other jacks is he realistically limping? Maybe like jack eight of hearts he could limp. Would he want to lead that? Probably not. He could have jack. He could have like, um, if he had jack 10, that's two pair. You lose, right? He could have ace. Well, he can't have ace jack of hearts, right? It's kind of hard to come up with any logical leads. So if he, or any logical leads that you now beat on this river. So maybe this is a spot to go for a bluff. Normally top pair on a four straight board usually just wants to check and you know you realize you're going to lose. But I suppose making a bluff makes sense. If you are going to bluff, what are you trying to bluff out? Well, we're trying to bluff out two pair, right? Because that's very likely what Robert has at this point. So pot's 194. If you're going to bluff, I think you want to go decently large against most people. If you bet $50 into the $200 pot, you're going to get called pretty frequently. Um, so Jamie actually makes a bet very quickly after like two seconds. And this makes me think he wasn't actually bluffing in. I don't know anything about Jamie. I'm not even talking about specifically Jamie. I'm talking about people in this scenario. When people in this scenario bet very quickly with a hand like ace-queen, I'm not sure they're thinking that they're bluffing this hand. I think a lot of people look at this and think, okay, top pair. They check, so they probably don't have a straight, so I probably have the best hand. Obviously, though, that would not be a good thought process because it's very easy for your opponent to have two pair here, and they would obviously check all their two pair, just like Robert did. So... Jamie does throw out a bet pretty quickly. He bets 75, which is pretty small. 75 in the $200 pot. And <laughs> thinking now, what does Jamie's range look like? He raised preflop over a limp, called, checked check the flop and called a small bet. Would he do that with ace-king? Eh, maybe. He then called a turn lead, and now he's betting the river when checked to. What bluffs makes sense for him to have. He could have the ace-x of hearts for sure. He could perhaps have all the ace-x of hearts that he would feel inclined to bluff. He could have, um, well, the problem is he does have a lot of kings, right? He could definitely play king-jack this way if he decided to check the flop, although probably doesn't have king-jack. He could have king-10, but you got to think he's going to raise the turn, so king-10 doesn't make sense. King-9 probably doesn't raise preflop. So uh, the kings don't make a whole lot of sense besides exactly ace-king, and ace-king maybe even folds the turn, right? Um, what about queen-x of hearts? Can't have it. If he did have king, queen of clubs, he would call the check flop, call a turn bet, bet river for value. What about queen jack? Would he bet the river? Probably not. What about uh, queen 10? Would he bet the river? Probably not. What about jack x? Probably bets jack x on the flop. What about 10x? Are there any 10x's? I mean, he could have 10-9. 10-9's a hand he would um, check flop, call turn bet, but not bet river, so that doesn't make sense. As you see here, we're kind of having a tough time finding hands that make sense, right? So the only hands that make sense for him to have here are king-jack and king-queen, and maybe ace-king. And he could certainly, I mean, he could have kings as well, pocket kings. So all those hands make sense. But there are also some hands in his range that are bluffs at this point, mainly ace-x of hearts. And, and most importantly, in some small stakes games, people will overvalue worse hands than than the uh, Roberts two pair here. And if they're ever going to overvalue these worse hands and you're getting really good pot odds, right? You have to put in 75 to win 350, which is, goodness gracious, that's, that's really good odds, right? You need to win one in five times, something like that. Are we, are we good 20-ish percent of the time? 
doesn't sound right. Let me get out the calculator. I hate doing math on the fly. I can't do simple math on the fly. 75 divided by how much? 350? Yeah, 20%. So you need to be good like 21, 22% of the time. Um, are you good 21 or 22% of the time against someone who may be overvaluing their hand? Especially if they do have like a random worst two pair. I understand Queen Jack may, may beat you and Queen 10 beats you, but 10 9 doesn't and Jack 9 doesn't. You may say they don't have Jack 9 preflop. Who knows what they're doing? Tough spot. Tough spot. I typically find calls in this scenario, but I could definitely be convinced that's not a good play in the small stakes games because I'm sure a lot of people think, oh, they never bluff the river in these spots. And to be fair, maybe they don't. However, this time, I'm not sure what Jamie's doing because I think he has a nice check backhand. But if he is value betting, it's way too thin and it's acting as a bluff. And if he is bluffing, well, that means that they're not only betting with the nuts, right? So cool scenario. I'm not sure what Robert's play is. If you think your opponents only bet small on the river with the nuts, then yeah, fold, right? Because you, you lose all that. But understand that if that's your thought process, use this hand as an example of how that thought process could be very wrong, right? A lot of people think that they know how their opponents play, but I understand. I don't know how my opponents play. I know that people will randomly bluff and I know that people will randomly value bet, even if I do think they usually have good hands. So how, good is, how often is this queen nine good? I don't know, but I bet it's somewhere around 20, 25%, and that's roughly break even. In cash games where you should not really care so much about experiencing variance, like you don't need to conserve your stack because hopefully you're playing properly bankrolled. I have my bankroll Bible. It's completely free at jlpoker.com bankroll. If you're playing properly bankrolled, you don't really care if you lose an extra 75 bucks here. And you also get a lot of information. Like if you call here and you see ace queen from your opponent, you just learned a ton, right? And you can use that information to further beat your opponents in the future because they're probably going to continue overvaluing hands in the future or bluffing with made hands that they think can't really win at the showdown. So cool spot. Robert does think for forever. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Robert thinks for forever and then folds to Jamie's bet. And Jamie, who somehow had about 3% equity on the flop, <laughs> ends up scooping this pot.